1: to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. To another edition of the Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boley, as always, continuing the part of the offseason where we sit around for 30 minutes before the show starts, desperately trying to figure out what to talk about. It's only going to get worse from here, but still no abs hockey, obviously. That's not going to change over the next little while. Not a lot of abs news. Playoff hockey still going on. But some good stuff to talk about with the Avs. Cal McCarr gets nominated for the Norris Trophy, which is kind of surprising, but also not that surprising considering the amount of games he missed, but how good he was this season. I was a little surprised, but Christian, what did you think?
0: I was definitely surprised. Definitely surprised. Just because it seemed like there were some other defensemen who may have been more deserving, i.e. like Rasmus Dahlin, um... Like, I don't know, who, like maybe just Rasmus is the only one I'm thinking yeah, of. That
1: I had Dougie Hamilton number two on my list. Yeah,
0: like there was definitely some that was it was a little head scratcher. But if anything, that this just shows that this is going to be the Kale McCarr Invitational Award, that even in an off year, he's still a fucking finalist for this award is kind of fucking funny.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just shows how good Kale Makar is, is that, yeah, you know, he can miss 22 games, but he's just so good and people respect him so much, he's still going to get consideration every single year for best defenseman in the NHL. But I think we all still acknowledge that he is still the best defenseman in the NHL. And much like the conversation is around how much offense do you need from Eric Carlson to ignore his defensive deficiencies is how many games do you have to miss before you really start to get significantly penalized for it in voting. And I think we're going to see that. I don't think McCarr is going to win it. I I would be very surprised if he won it, considering how narrowly he eked out Roman Yosi last year when he was that much better than Yosi. I think he I think he'll get third probably because of the the games missed. But it's funny because if you look at his numbers per game, he was kind of better than he was last year. It was just the amount of games that he missed that really makes you look at his numbers and go, oh, it's a down year. I mean, it it really wasn't that bad when you think about it.
0: It, it was a down year for Kale McCarr's standards. Right. And well, Kale McCarr's standards are higher than any other player on planet Earth.
1: I mean, a bad year for Kale McCarr would be 99% players in the NHL, their best season of their life. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And I, like, this is not at any like a shot at Kale McCarr or anything like that. But this was definitely not the Kale McCarr we saw last year where he was just dominant. But like you said, his numbers still showed that he was one of the best defensemen on planet Earth. And if this is the worst version of Kale McCarr we're going to get, we're in a pretty good fucking spot, dude.
1: Even if this is the Kale McCarr we get every single year for the rest of his career, the abs probably still win several more cups, and he's still going to win probably at least two to three more Norrises. But the fact that there's still so much room to go up with Kale,
0: it kind of feels unfair, doesn't it? It feels unfair, but like this is exactly the territory that like Victor Hedman was in. Like it, it, it's just when you're that good of a player and you're that good of a defenseman, you're going to find your name on these lists and these awards. Um, and even before that, you had Bobby Orr, you had uh, you had Ray Bork. Yeah, you know, like th- there was just all of them. Paul Coffey. So it, it's it really is funny because that award is pretty much just like, there's not very many names on it because it's just like the same, like 15 people. So good for Kale McCarr. I agree. I don't think he's going to win. If he wins, I will be so fucking shocked. Like I, my jaw will drop. Um, And uh, I think Carlson deserves it. I think, I think when you
1: get a hundred points, close to leading the league and even strength points as a defenseman on a terrible Sharks team. He deserved probably a little bit of credit. I, I understand the conversation because he's not been good defensively at all. I mean, and Adam Fox was, I thought he was fine this season. I think he deserves some love for the Norris, but much like McCarr, I, I just think there were other guys that I think deserved maybe a little bit more love like the the Dahleens of the World. A lot of people have been upset that Heiskinen isn't getting a lot of love. I saw Canucks fans talking about Quinn Hughes, but they're always Quinn talking. Hughes
0: did have a good year though. Yeah, I'll give had, him credit. He, he had,
1: a, he had a very good year. Don't know if it's Norris year, but I I think the year Dalin had, if he's not fourth at least, then that's that's probably a massive snub.
0: Yeah, because Dolen was fantastic. He truly like is starting to live to those expectations. Made people thought he was going to. And I like the way Darlene plays. Darlene's a fucking dog. He's a good fucking hockey player. He he might win the Um, floor next year. Yeah. Like, I'm happy Kale got nominated, but I'm still just a little, like, confused on the reason why he got nominated. Because he did miss some significant time.
1: I think it's honestly just as simple as we know this guy is the best defenseman in the world. And, yeah, he missed some games. And, yeah, he had to... Absolutely carried this team on his back, which honestly might have helped him out a little bit. The number of minutes that he ended up playing this season, I think it's just that everyone knows who the best defenseman in the world is. So if we're voting for the best defenseman in the NHL, you're just you're gonna get votes for that automatically in that case.
0: And the Kraken just score again; they're up two nothing.
1: Maybe they're just good. Yeah, maybe, like maybe, maybe they, they are. are man. Maybe they are just actually good. And we have to kind of accept that the Kraken have just built a good team.
0: Yeah, but, but exactly what you were saying with it. Like Everyone knows Kale McCarr is the best defenseman on planet Earth. It's just um, this seems like a weird year for him to be a finalist. I'm sure that's the last thing he wants to do is have to go to that fucking dinner. <laughs> wherever honestly, the... I,
1: honestly, I bet he won't.
0: Yeah, probably well, not. Actually, no, they, but... probably,
1: they probably force you.
0: Yeah, no, because all three finalists were there last year. I mean, they made Yossi go to it. That was just mean um who even
1: was the other finalist last year headman was it yeah it was headman
0: yeah yeah he
1: knew he wasn't winning they just drag him it, out there for that
0: that's what i'm saying so it's going to be interesting for sure but i i think you give it to carlson i really do a hundred points as a defenseman is just absurd like yeah. that is just ridiculous
1: i don't think it's going to be a runaway i think adam fox might be really close because there's just so much conversation around the award that a lot of people are just going to stubbornly pick Adam Fox because that's the the sexy other pick. But I agree that Carlson, when you have a season like that offensively, he probably and he's he's probably owed a couple too back from he, when he was in his prime where they just stubbornly didn't give him a couple because everyone was so in love with Drew Doughty back in the day. <laughs> not that Doughty wasn't good, but the seasons that Eric Carlson was having and not winning awards for them is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I mean, Carlson's kind of been the uh, bit on the bad side of... Uh, he's played on some really bad teams. Uh, like He's some...
1: been on how many good teams in his career? Like two?
0: Like two he... or three, maybe.
1: Yeah. Like He went to the Eastern Conference Final with the Senators once, practically single-handedly dragged them kicking and screaming to the Eastern Conference Final in 2017. Most of the other time, the Senators earlier in his career were just painfully mediocre, and then immediately after that, just outright bad. And then, even that Sharks team that went to the Western Conference final, like they were a good team, but they weren't amazing. They had terrible goaltending with Martin, Martin
0: Jones, Martin baby. Jones,
1: Martin Jones still in it. That was prime Martin Jones back in 2019. And since then, the Sharks have been outright terrible.
0: Yeah. Like that, that's a good way to put it. And they're still going to be outright terrible. He, I hope he gets traded this off season, but I just don't think he, anyone wants that contract.
1: He's got to get traded. I mean, if the sharks are not going to capitalize on this right now, they're insane. Yeah. The fact that they have an opportunity, even if they retain money, the fact that they have the opportunity to move that 11, $11.5 million off of the books. And it's not, it's not going away anytime soon. There are still years left on that contract. The fact that they had the opportunity to move that and potentially get like two first round picks for him and potentially some other kind of ridiculous package, they would be crazy to not do it. Because what are you keeping him for? To contend? To get points? You're not going to be good for like five more years unless you get Bedard right now.
0: It'll be interesting to see what they do with him. That's going to be an interesting off-season storyline because it makes sense to trade him now in the off-season. Like, that's a big trade to pull off in the season. Because like, so, what if he
1: gets hurt? Like, next Yeah, exactly. Season, like, what if his heel just goes again or his knee goes again, and now you just have that sitting on your books for the next four years? Like, you have to do this now. They're lucky they got away with it at the deadline and he didn't get hurt after that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I it's just... I don't know. I think that's an off-season trade because you do, if you're going to move like two firsts for them to eat some money, that makes more sense in the off-season. Yeah, it just I, makes I, more I, sense.
1: I get why it wasn't done at the deadline, even though Edmonton was very around that to move that amount of money. And there's still four years left on that contract. We are just now halfway through this deal, and
0: the the Kraken just scored again. It's three nothing. I know
1: they're they're, They might just be good. I think we have to just say that the Kraken might just be good at this, but if the, the fact that we're just halfway through that contract, was it nine years? Did they extend him a year early? I think they did. It might've been a year early. It might've been a year early that they extended him. So we're, there's four years left basically on that nine year contract. If you have the chance to move that you have to do it, especially if he wins the Norris. You can get so much for that. So much.
0: You know, a team that would actually make a lot of sense for him and you could take the- his salary cap hit would probably without eating a bunch of money is the Kraken.
1: I was gonna say, you're gonna say the Kraken.
0: Yeah. You know, like- I just
1: I just don't know. I like what the Kraken are doing though. Yeah. I feel like that's such a disruption. I get like I I get where you're coming from with that. And that would be such an amazing thing. And really give them the guy that they need on the back end, but if you're the Kraken having this season that you are right now, even if they somehow lose this game and lose every game in this series against the Stars, I think you just keep
0: doing what you're doing. Yeah, no, I agree. But that, that would be like a, a team where it's like, yeah, they probably could add that and they would be disgusting. if they, like. Could you imagine if they had a 100-point back-end guy?
1: They, the Kraken are just so close to being a really scary team. They might just be really scary right now. Imagine if they just get better.
0: They're going to, which is the scale. Like they have a bajillion draft picks this year too. Like it's going to be ridiculous. Like they're they're going to be a threat in the West for some years to come. But uh, yeah, the Norris is going to be interesting. We'll see what happens. I think we're all in ABS Nation on the same page that uh, it's not Kale's year, but uh, he's going to win plenty of Norris's coming up in the future.
1: Yeah, um, it, every single year it's going to be Kale McCarr's award to lose, whether it's with injuries or. Eric Carlson having a 100 point season kind of thing. This was a perfect storm for everything for Cale to not win it. And he's still going to be top three. So if he has another dominant season, like he did last year, or if he just doesn't get hurt this year and plays all 82 games and puts up better numbers than he did last year, I think we're having a much more interesting conversation on whether or not he can actually win this thing.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of at the point with Cale though, that I don't think he's ever going to play a full 82 game season. Yeah. I, I think he's just always gonna sit out like a game or two like every month just to help with nagging injuries, which is totally fine. Like yeah, I mean, it just sucked because long- you could you could very much tell this year in the playoffs he was not healthy.
1: Yeah. I mean, as long as it's not like more than 15, I don't really think anyone cares all that much. Because injuries happen. They're gonna happen all the time right. any player in the league. I'm not expecting Gail McCarr to play all 82 games. Like even if you play like 78, like no one's gonna dock you for that.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's probably where his sweet spot is if he can get to that. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but the Norris is going to be fun. Uh, we'll get more and more award finalists as we get there. Um, and it's then... also
1: another thing that's worth mentioning with that is there's only three other players in the NHL's history that have been a Norris Trophy finalist three times in their first four seasons. Uh, one is Bobby Orp, who was yep. all four. Brad Park. And uh, this other guy, Dennis Potvin.
0: Oh, he's pretty solid. I heard he's pretty good.
1: Yeah, so that's pretty good company for Kale McCarr to be having. It's just so funny because as long as I've been doing this show, like back really early on, there was a time where the season just got paused for like a game or two, so I had nothing to talk about. So I just spent like 50 minutes just gushing about Kale McCarr. And if he like wins the Norris this year and wins like the Calder and the Norris back to back, he's like the only guy to – ever do that since or and we're already having this conversation about how great is he gonna be it's just as long as I've had this show it's just been man Cal McCarr is just so good isn't this so much fun to just have this guy
0: yeah it's pretty pretty good luxury to have so yeah I imagine we'll do that a lot this offseason because we're gonna oh. have a lot of time but
1: so much time this is the yeah. second episode without abs hockey and we're like dude what are we gonna talk about
0: yeah like it, it's going to be a fun off season. We're, we're going to have a blast. Um, There was a little bit more abs news that came out and then we're going to be honest. We are out of abs news for the rest of it. Uh, Arturi Leckinen, it turns out was playing in the last series with a broken toe, Um, which I don't know. Have you ever broken a toe?
1: I think I have, but I've never been medically diagnosed with a broken toe. I oh. kicked a table really hard once and walked yeah. funny for like two weeks,
0: but it's the worst pain you'll ever have in your life uh and i'm being very dramatic right now i know that but the fact that this guy i I can't
1: think of anything more painful than that yeah uh,
0: me either bro. it's fucking come on um that was one of the worst pains i've ever had in my life was when i broke my big toe and you you're right you can't walk right yeah and there's there's nothing
1: you can do about it you did yeah if you go to the hospital for they're like okay well Here's a $500 bill, 500, that's cheap, but they can't do anything about it. Like, what are you going to do? Not walk?
0: They'll just tell you to ice it and it'll heal.
1: Yeah. So it'll heal eventually. You'll get there.
0: Yeah. And it's just like, fuck, dude, like this hurts. And the fact this dude was able to go play. I imagine that happened probably in the middle of the series. And he just continued to play. And the Kraken just scored again. Jesus Christ, man. Maybe we got off easy. Or maybe we're going to play them better than anyone else can play them.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe we got off easy with the Kraken.
0: Yeah, fuck, dude. At least we didn't lose like this bad. I mean, there were times where it was. At least, at least we
1: stopped the bleeding eventually. Yeah. We held them to three goals in an entire game most of the time.
0: Yeah, this is fucking crazy, dude. That is a super soft goal by Ottinger.
1: Oof. That's that a, is a stinky poo poo goal. Good shot, by, good shot by Beneers, but that's a terrible goal.
0: The Kraken always, it, in just the games I've watched with them and against the Avs, the goalie, like there has to be something said that if you just put the puck on net, good things can happen because the Krakens, all their goals they seem to score are just like they're just getting the puck on net, and the goalie just fucks up.
1: I mean, I mean, Hackstall might win the Jack Adams just because of the bold strategy of telling his guys to fucking shoot.
0: Yeah, that's quite possible because it's fucking crazy watching them right now. Like this is literally he he just he shoots
1: and it goes in That's the terrible goal. But anyway, back to to Lekin and then the the broken foot. I mean, it's I can't imagine trying to skate with a broken toe. It's probably why he looks so inconsistent throughout the series, because he's just having a hard time moving at any point, but it's just like another one, of course, right? With this team, injuries just keep piling up. He breaks his finger against the halves and he breaks his toe against the Kraken in the playoffs. Just another guy who I think is more than happy to have an extra month and a half off right now and just rest a little bit. And obviously he's not going to be joining Miko Ranson to play for Finland at the World Championships, which... I'm still surprised that Miko's doing that. And like you said, last episode, just tempting fate.
0: Yeah, you're you're risking it all, brother. But uh, go represent your country. I feel like we have to let him do this, though, because we're always banging on the drum for letting the players go play in the Olympics. So oh, yeah. like this needs to happen. But it just seems a little sketchy, but we, we're going to risk it for the biscuit, man.
1: Can you imagine, like the the poor Swedish League guy that's going to be playing against an angry Miko Rantanen who just lost in the first round?
0: Yeah, he's going to be just a fucking menace. They, they, uh,
1: he's going to have guys crying in the round robin tournaments. Yeah. For, did you see so that?
0: Pissed. Did you see that Team Canada invited Milan Lucic to play? For him? <laughs> I did not see. <laughs> yeah, Milan Lucic is on Team Canada.
1: That is hilarious. He'll be out there for public skate.
0: Yeah, like it was. I was like, "Why the fuck is Milan Lucic on this list, bro? What the
1: fuck?" Dude, he won—he won Stanley Cups a decade ago. That's so important. He's yeah. so good now, which is why every team is going to try so hard to sign him this off season. I'm trying to think. Like, do you think he gets signed? Oh, he'll get signed. I have no doubt about that. But I don't think teams are going to be doing backflips about it actually you know what they teams are gonna talk themselves into it for sure it's actually so weird that this contract is finally over
0: it feels just, like it's been going on for you no know, we've
1: talked about it for so long like there was a point in time when he was uh with the Oilers like this is the worst contract in the NHL and it's six million dollars we, we've the way contracts have evolved just in the last three years, six million dollars for a bad player seems like nothing now. Yeah, seems like
0: absolutely nothing. It'd be very funny if he ends up back in Edmonton, though. That It'd would be, be very funny.
1: That would be very funny. I mean, he's a guy who will give you probably twenty points in a full season and punch someone a couple of times. Yeah, he'll probably get two million bucks or something like that. Like, like who, who's a team that thinks they need to get tougher? The uh, Flyers. Flyers, the Rangers are probably going to be one of those guys. I think they just need to be tougher. I think the Rangers are going to get them.
0: That makes a lot of sense,
1: too. Oh, nope. It's the wild. The wild love these guys because they just think they need more identity. That's what we need. Not more depth. We need more identity, more face punching. We get Ryan Reeves and Milan Lucic in here. No one's going to want to mess with us. I mean, they'd have to catch anyone they want to mess with first, but that's such a wild move
0: to make for them. Yeah, it, it would be, but uh, yeah, I mean we're we're all out of abs news. That that's legit. It guys, it's been a. Uh, a I'm honestly taking it as no news, good news type of thing with the abs yeah. right now.
1: We're still waiting for that injury list to come out. It might not come out at this point if it hasn't come out yet. But. Everything else going on with the abs right now is just speculation. And we have so much time to do all that. And like, and we're going to not every episode is just going to be us be like, I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what we're going to talk about today. I don't know why I have this job. We're going to talk about like roster decisions and players we like in like full on dedicated episodes, but we don't want to spend that bullet in week one of the off season before we're even like halfway through the second round. We're gonna get into all of that as the off season goes on. Trade stuff, free agency, hot takes. Like we'll do, we'll do an episode where we're just building cap friendlies and getting other people to send us their stuff. I, I'm sure, I, I'm sure we could get like a week of episodes out of that. But for Av stuff right now, uh, not much happens when you're not playing. I mean, then yeah. is kind of what happens when you lose in the playoffs. So You kind of go home. You don't really do much anymore.
0: Yeah, I I actually just had a new idea for a segment and we're going to try it out right now. I'm scared. Um, and I I I kind of copied this idea from the Random Avs Twitter page, like Avs Goals. Um we're just going to name a random player that played for the Avalanche. Okay. And I want you to tell me what their stats were. Okay. Um the first one I thought of was Johnny Boychuk but he never actually played for the Avs. to say uh, he
1: in for us man. Yeah
0: he was actually drafted by the Avs in 2002 but did not they did not summon him until 2007-2008 so he dressed for four different Avalanche affiliates.
1: Interesting. Okay. Good piece of trivia.
0: Oh, I don't know what I just clicked. That's good. Ve- I'm
1: I'm very scared right now. I was not I excited. am too I was, I was not expecting a brand new set. I didn't think there was going to be a test on this. I didn't study.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go off the one that I really like and I thought he was going to be so good and I want to see if you remember him. Uh do you remember a fellow by the name of uh Joey
1: Hishin? Joey Hishin. As that def- that's a name I have not heard in a long long time. I don't remember a ton about Joey Hishin, but I remember a while ago when was he drafted like 20 20- 10 i want to say we got yeah. him in
0: the first round he was drafted 17th overall in 2010
1: yeah like uh, i was I was nine years old but every, every player you draft when you're nine years old you're like oh superstar my, my team can't do anything wrong right they're yeah. just gonna nail every single
0: pick like how, yeah, he he, he scored, was he scored once didn't he he scored one goal in his avalanche career he played a total of 16 games for the Colorado avalanche. Uh, I remember him in the 2013, 2014 playoffs against the wild in the first round, he came in and this dude, he's one of those players. It's not that he didn't live up to expectations, but I mean, he kind of didn't, he kind of didn't, but he battled concussions like his entire career. Uh, He could not stay healthy. And I remember when he came in in the 2013-2014 playoffs that uh, he was supposed to come in and be like the Duchesne replacement because Duchesne had hurt his knee after he crashed with PA Parenteau. Um And he actually did better than I thought he did. He actually had a point, uh, a point in those games. Um, and he was a even, even, uh, even player plus minus wise. But yeah, I, I like this random abs player because it's fun to look back on the abs history but Joey Hishin actually kicked a lot of ass uh, in the minors. When you look at it, he, in the AHL in the 2013-2014 season, in 50 games, he had 24 points, so not his best season. His best season was actually his final season in America, where he had 14 goals, 29 assists, and 43 total points in 62 games. Stud. And he has not played hockey since 2017-2018.
1: Yeah, he played with... I have this up now. He played in the KHL in 1617 and then the SHL with names I'm not going to try to pronounce those yeah. two names because I'm going to get them wrong. And either way, Joey Hishon, when you're nine years old and your team's making a draft pick, you just think you can't do anything wrong. I mean, the 2010 draft wasn't great as much as I can remember. I mean, they, they could have had Kuznetsov, Brock Nelson, Kevin Hayes, I and. Mean, like, can you blame it, it, them
0: though? Are you you're looking at the same page I am? I mean, in his final couple years in juniors, he was a fucking monster. Oh yeah, I mean,
1: just saying in retrospect, when you're drafted one pick yeah. after Vladi Tarasenko, maybe there's a little bit of expectation there. I'm looking at some of the other draft picks. I mean, you have 13 years of hindsight now to look right. at. This. You just go, oh, well, why then they draft Evgeny Kuznetsov? Evgeny Kuznetsov, who did not come over to the NHL for five years after the draft and made his debut. Did he really. Yeah, he did not play until the 14-15 season. We drafted him, and or we meaning the Caps, drafted him in 2010. And he made, actually his debut was in 13-14, excuse me. But his first full season was 14-15, the year they beat the Islanders and lost to the Rangers in the playoffs. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook as right now new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. As we get towards the end of the first round and into the beginning of the second round, DraftKings has got you covered with same game parlays and all of the best lines and odds you can hope for on any sportsbook. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN New customers can make a five-dollar hockey playoff bet and score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. See show notes for details at DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Now, back to the episode.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at this. Maybe he shouldn't. Are you looking at his 2007-2008 year?
1: He I'm was looking, minus
0: 34. He was minus 34 with 47 points. You know how bad you have to be defensively to be minus 34?
1: Well, I mean, how old was he at that point? Like 16.
0: He well, yeah, 16, 17. Yeah.
1: You know, maybe no. you're not maybe you're not a stud defensively at that age.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I like that. Just a random abs player that I, that I pulled up, Joey Hishin.
1: Joey Hishin, what a guy. Avs legend. That's where we're going to end every single one of those abs. Leg.
0: Yeah. It's like, I, I'm trying to think there was this other dude when the abs were so bad and I can't think of his n- name. Uh,
1: this is a great, this is a great radio too.
0: It is great radio, but this is off season shit we're, we're doing here. He, uh, he, he played for the abs, and he was so bad and there's I a just
1: lot f- of guys there's a lot of guys who are like that back in the dark days
0: like dude fansite has so many articles of just random shit on here
1: oh i know i used to work for them they would have me write random articles if one of those random articles somehow got me this show yeah i mean at Fanside, it's just it is quantity over quality they would literally say just write 300 words it doesn't matter <laughs> just get it to us as fast as you can
0: Oh, you remember Reto Berra?
1: Who could forget Reto Berra, man?
0: I actually saw a guy wearing that jersey, and I was like, "What the fuck How are you wearing? A Reto Berra jersey, you psychopath!"
1: I mean, he was good. he was good when he was here. The team wasn't great, but
0: his—I
1: remember him uh, being fine.
0: I just remember him, and he was so bad, dude. So bad. He wasn't um, that bad, but yeah, that's uh, that's the fun right there. So. We'll do that again next one until we get into like Griffin was saying earlier. The uh we actually do have stuff planned for the offseason,
1: but believe we, it or not, we actually do try yeah. to out episodes sometimes.
0: You just can't burn all your bo- We have a long offseason of it. We have right. five months of no hockey. So we gotta get uh we gotta get all of our shit together. But
1: yeah. this is the the getting our bearings part of the offseason where yeah. you're desperately trying to scramble and create content while I'm also trying to graduate college at the same time. Then you're out of the playoffs, maybe a little earlier than you were expecting and then you're used to. But by the time you're listening to this, we'll probably be only a few hours away from one of the funniest times of the year. And that's the draft lottery. And this is the probably the biggest draft lottery I can remember since Matthews, probably maybe since McDavid as well. I can't remember a draft lottery where there's just this much hype and hope around it, at least since McDavid.
0: This is the best draft since twenty fifteen.
1: Yeah, but it's just it's also Connor Bedard too, and yeah. they've changed the rules a little bit, so you're you're really only down to ten teams that can get them. And I mean, it's a fun segment to talk about because you're talking about ping pong ball odds, but this this is a lottery that's probably going to change the the power balance in the league for the next little while, depending on how it goes.
0: Yeah, and. There's a lot of teams on that uh, potential list that I hope do not get Connor Bedard.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of them, actually. I don't like most of these teams on here. <laughs> I like a lot of them, but I also don't like a lot of them, too. I don't want Chicago to get them. I'd rather Anaheim didn't because that make, would probably make them really good. Montreal just got Slipkowski. Arizona, do you, like, do you really want the best prospect since McDavid playing in a college barn for four more years? I don't want him playing in my division. That's yeah, that too. But also, that too. Yeah, the Flyers. As a fan of a team in the East, I'd rather not. But be also be really funny to see how they waste him if they if that does end up happening. Uh, the Caps, I just think that's a great option. No external reason why. Detroit. I mean, it wouldn't be terrible. Leaves leaves him out of the 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 West at least. Uh, St. Louis worst case scenario, or is it Chicago? Chicago chicago for it's, sure it's close though honestly like yeah because i way. hate
0: both of them equally but i hate chicago more
1: yeah chicago is just like morally reprehensible like kind of in like an unforgivable kind of way you probably shouldn't be getting rewarded with Connor bedard but like is st louis that much better
0: Ah, you're right. It's it, it, can we just say I, I I pick both? Like, can I do an option C where it's both all of the above? Because I I don't want either to get him. I really don't.
1: Yeah, I would really prefer if they didn't. The last team that can get him is Vancouver at three percent odds. Really funny how they ruined their odds at the end of the season by just winning games and taking themselves almost out of this lottery entirely. They were three points out from just completely taking themselves out of the lottery.
0: Yeah, I mean, we knew that it, it, it probably frustrates Canucks fans more because that was the hockey they should have been playing all year and they probably would have been a playoff team.
1: It's a Canucks staple. You yeah. suck for the first half of the season, you fire your coach, and then you don't you don't even play super well down the stretch, like just enough to screw you in the lottery, yes. just enough to push you out of actually getting franchise-changing players, and you wash, rinse, and repeat for the next 15 years.
0: It would be... If you want to go like NHL conspiracy, it it would be – it's probably Bedard to Vancouver would be the conspiracy because he's from the area. That is the conspiracy. Vancouver is a good hockey market, and they need a star. But I just don't see a way they can win it at 3%.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could. It's 3%. It's not 0%. And also, I thought this would be a really funny thing, but it turns out it actually can't happen. Is if Bedard goes to Arizona, I thought they could also get the number two pick with the Ottawa pick, but it's it's like top three protected. I think so. Ottawa would stop. Oh, coming.
0: Ottawa learned. They learned. Yeah, they
1: learned. They learned this time. <laughs> See, you're welcome. We taught you a lesson the hard way, and now you're not going to make that same mistake again.
0: Because yeah, I mean, Pierre Dorian, yeah, he needed to learn that lesson because it was a uh, that was a tough pill to swallow.
1: Yeah, given up. Little guy named Bo Byram.
0: Yeah. Ottawa doesn't have a chance, right? They're, they they can't, they they
1: can get two. They cannot get one. They have a 2.5% chance to get the second overall pick. They'd be sick with Connor Bedard. They would be, but not in the cards for them. The best they can do is Fantilli.
0: I still, like, if you ask me the teams I want to get Bedard, it's all the teams that don't have a chance. Like, I think if Buffalo got him, that'd be fucking great. If, uh, if, like I just said, with uh, Ottawa, they got him, I think that'd be great for the league. But It'd it's probably, really going to be interesting. Probably up the revenue. Yeah.
1: The team that's about to sell.
0: Yeah, I would probably... I think Columbus is just one for me where it's like, that's just so, I have to play you two times a year, I don't have to worry about you. That would be the perfect spot for him to land, in my opinion. And I'd be interested to see what him and Johnny Goudreau could do on a line together.
1: If If Columbus gets him, they could potentially make the playoffs next year yes because they but they were the most injured team this season you put you put Zach warensky back in the lineup you put all the guys they missed back in the lineup I and mean, we forgot they didn't have Alex Texier the entire season too they're getting him back and if they do get Bedard we can spin this to the abs a little bit that might open up one of their centers to get traded if they're going to add a Connor Bedard to the mix does that mean Jack Roslovic or Boone Jenner gets traded would any of those two fit on the abs you think
0: More, I mean, we talked about Roslevic at the trade deadline. I don't hate it, but I just don't know. Like, I feel like he had a couple up years to start in Columbus, and then maybe it was just a down year in Columbus this year for everyone. But I didn't really love his game. I I wouldn't be ready to give him second line center, so I'd have to go Boone Jenner.
1: I agree with that. I think if you're getting Jack Roslovic, I think you've already made a move for a 2 seat. Because, I mean, he wasn't bad, but none of his numbers ever suggest that, like, this is your number two guy on a Stanley Cup winning team. Where even that first year in Columbus where he was ridiculous, he had 34 points in 48 games after the trade, which was pretty good. Or I think he held out until he got to Columbus, but correct, pretty good. Then next year, 45 points in 81 games, decent. And this year, 44 points in 77 games. Gonna get you between forty to fifty points. It's decent second line territory, but he's got one year left at four million dollars. Maybe you can get them to retain and get that down to two million dollars, and then you can fill out the rest of your lineup, which makes him maybe not being the best two C see, not seem as bad if you're surrounding him with good line mates. I wouldn't hate it. Boone Jenner's also he's got three years left on his contract at three point seven five. I want to say, I mean, it'd be like a cheaper version of Nick Schmaltz where you have a guy and you don't have to worry about it for a while. Can he keep up though? I think would be an interesting question too, because he's not old. He's only 29 and that's going to expire in his early thirties. And last season, 26 points, 19 assists or 26 goals, 19 assists for 45 points in 68 games again not terrible going to get you between 40 to 50 points much like Jack Roslovic he's just he's cost controlled and that could help a lot in the future as well it's like if you can't get Nick Schmaltz i think Jenner is an okay backup plan if that
0: makes sense I think it's a fair like I, I, I would take either player but I, I don't think they fill that need for the second line role i like, think they'd be a great third line addition
1: yeah because if you get Nick Schmaltz and Jack Roslovvic, I like I like that a lot. And yeah. I and I've run the numbers too because I'm a big math nerd who does all its armchair GMs all day when I should be writing my papers. You can do that. It's it's possible. If you get Columbus to retain 2 million on on Roslevic, you don't even have to get the coyotes to retain on Schmaltz. You just can take all that money. You've got to do other things first and find a way to open up some of that money. But you can get those two and still field a pretty decent depth team.
0: You can, and I, I would not hate that at all if we could do that, but we'll have to wait and see. But I think Columbus is like, both of our favorites. I know you want Washington to get it, but that's going to be... Well, What makes you say that? If Washington gets it, that would just be hilarious. The next uh,
1: episode will be me coming on here and just laughing for 45 yeah.
0: minutes. Because Bedard and Ovechkin on a line would be disgusting.
1: Yeah, he, he, he'd he break the record this season with yeah. Bucks, his line mate.
0: <laughs> yeah, he would. And even if they get a guy like Fantilli, too, I think that'd be a great addition.
1: See, you, even if they get number two, I think they probably take Mitchkov.
0: Yeah. They love their Russians in they, Washington.
1: They love their Russians. Yeah. So they will always it, take them. It's Tuesday, right?
0: Is the draft lottery? No, it's tomorrow. Oh, it's tomorrow?
1: Yeah. Or today Lock, by the time you're listening to this. Yeah.
0: I got to be tuned in. I got to be ready to go.
1: Yeah. Man, it's such a different feeling because with the abs and the the draft lotteries, the last two times they were in it, one was we just had the worst season of all time. We better get number one. Turns out we get four and we get the best player in the draft anyway. And then the next year, it was like, this is literally free money. We might just get Jack Hughes because fuck you.
0: Dude, can you imagine how gross this team would be if they had Jack Hughes? (laughs) <laughs>
1: but we're not talking about Nick Schmaltz.
0: Yeah. He's on this team. Like, I love Bo Byram. Like, he's he's going to be a great defenseman. But this team with Jack Hughes, they, it wouldn't have been fair. <laughs> I, think, I, I think this
1: is a fair conversation to have. Do they win the Stanley Cup last year with Jack Hughes instead of Bo Byram?
0: Mm. See, that's tough because Hughes really broke out this year. Um,
1: he was fantastic last year too. Yeah, but also in the playoffs, especially once you got to the final,
0: Bo, Bo Byron was
1: was such an so important good. player. Like, do they win Game Six without Bo Byron in the lineup and have Jack Hughes instead? The thing about that though is that Jack Hughes would still have been on his entry level contract. And yeah. he probably could have still had Nazem Kadri last year right. playing 2C and talking about Jack Hughes. He He's probably still up on the second line at that point, yeah. playing on the I, wing.
0: It's revisionist history, but I, I honestly, like I'm trying to talk myself into saying Jack Hughes, but I'm remembering last year in that finals, Bo Byram was outside, like he was better than Devon
1: Dave's. I think it's an important conversation, I think, to have because Hughes last year had 56 points in 49 games. Very good season. He was hurt for a lot of it. And obviously this year he finished with 99 and 78 and has been a monster in the playoffs so far. Does he do that a year earlier instead of what we saw from Bo? It's very easy to be like, man, it sucks we didn't win that lottery but we did win a Stanley cup with the drafted at that number four pick playing a very significant part of that.
0: Yeah. It's funny because like, I think last year they don't win it without bow, but this year, if they had Jack Hughes, this team's still playing in the playoffs without a doubt.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Like you probably don't win the cup. Maybe they do without bow though. And Jack Hughes instead, because maybe they just outscore all of their problems. And, like, you don't need defense at that point if you're just going to score five goals every game.
0: Yeah, I just I just think about the fact that if Jack Hughes was on this team, could you imagine a top line of Hughes, McKinnon, and Rantanen?
1: Like, <laughs> you you wouldn't need Hughes on that top line. Can you imagine just having McKinnon and Rantanen on one line, and then the next one you throw out is Landeskog, Hughes, and Nichushkin. Jesus
0: Christ! You, you would
1: have guys just getting off the ice and going home. It yeah, not be fair. Now it'd be a problem this year once that contract would have kicked. Yeah, him, makes him eight million dollars. You you probably have Charles Houdon on your third line at that point.
0: Yes. Yes, Early but I just year. think about that, and I'm like, I look, I look at how good Jack Hughes is, and how fucking aw- like he was a game changer today against the Hurricanes. Like, broke that. He game. was phenomenal in this game, um, and I just think like if the A's have that playmaking, but I also like. I feel like such a spoiled brat because it's like, yeah, we still got Bo Byram, who's a fucking like I mean, the second best player in that draft right
1: now. Okay, well, can you imagine the worst case scenario where the abs get number two with that pick and they take Kapokako and then they don't get Bo Byram or Jack. Hughes, exactly. Instead, they just have. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's OK. It's Capo Kapokako. I mean, he's like a third line player.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I still think the abs got the the second best player in that top five uh, without a doubt.
1: Yeah, I mean, because- it's you look at that draft and it's like, obviously Jack Hughes is the best player in that draft, but then it's like Bo Byram, Mo Sider, Trevor Zegres, Matt Boldy, Cole Caulfield. Like there's pretty good players that snuck down the, the draft board in that draft. And the Avs, again, with getting the number four pick, probably kind of lucked out again of not getting caught up in some of the hype of the guys like capo caco and also got very lucky that the blackhawks just lost their mind and didn't take bo byram because it might sound like revisionist history that was a bad pick at the time like yes. that was just you don't pass on bo byram because yeah. we didn't we, i if, even if we had this show back then we probably wouldn't even have been talking about getting bo byram at number four we wouldn't even consider it as a possibility because of like how the hell does that guy get out of the top three
0: yeah, how's he at the top three? I mean, Kirby Docks still like I think could be a good player. It's
1: fine, Maybe. he's not even he's not even on the
0: Hawks anymore. Yeah. He got traded to the fucking Canadians. So he's fine. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. But I, I just sometimes I watch Jack Hughes and I'm like, damn, he should have been an Av because the Avs had the number one odds in that draft. So
1: that, that was ridiculous that we just went through an entire season of probably going to make the playoffs because like they weren't world beaters yet. They were still hanging around playoff contention, but we just had like the odds on number one. Yeah. overall pick the entire time, which was ridiculous and That's got funny. The, the best defenseman in the draft out of it. And a guy who's going to be a core player for the next 15 years. It's so yeah. it's so not fair that we yeah. got that. It's tough. It's tough being an abs fan. It's tough. Yeah. It's so hard losing in the first round after you win a Stanley cup and probably still having one of the brightest futures in the NHL.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a real tough life, man. It's a real tough life, but it's tough out here sometimes. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see the, the abs do have some opportunities to move up on the draft board with their first round pick. If the uh, Vegas loses and Carolina loses, the abs will move up in the draft order, which would be cool. Um, abs are still looking late twenties for their first round pick. There yeah. are some players that could be available. I'm going to have a lot of free time. I think I'm going to do like a full draft breakdown of, uh, who the abs can get when we get there. But I'm excited for the draft lottery. I hope it's a team. I like, I really hope it's not fucking Chicago. I really hope it's not Chicago. After um,
1: all of the, I feel like we're in for a crazy one though. The last, yeah. the last couple have just been outside of the Rangers. Getting Lafreniere in twenty twenty, the last two have been very by the numbers. Yeah, the best, like the worst team, gets them.
0: Well, what do you do? You like the lottery system, or do you think I, it should just be the team that has the worst record? I think it's fine.
1: I don't hate it. I think you should have a lot. Like there should be some incentive to not be actively tanking every right. single time. Like at least a little bit. I like that they put it down to 10. I didn't like that you could be the 14th team and like miss the playoffs by two points and somehow like, still get the jump every, like the fact that the hurricanes got Svechnikov, like I thought was a little ridiculous. And, like the flyers got Nolan Patrick that one time, even though he didn't work out at the time, like the fact that you could barely miss the playoffs and jump into the top three, I thought was a little crazy now that they've bumped it down to 10 teams that can move up to number one. I I like that more. And you still like you can still have those other teams move up 10 spots, which I think is fine, but it still benefits the worst teams if they do, because they get to keep the top pick. I don't yeah. hate it. I don't think it's perfect, but I think some of the galaxy brain suggestions that people come up with, like what's the other one? Like you you teams that miss the playoffs, like pick the team to win a Stanley Cup. And if that team wins a cup, they get the first overall pick. Like, I think that's
0: insane. I think it should be, like, if you want to get viewers and you talk about a play-in tournament, have these teams play each other for the number one pick. Like, it's just the it's just the four worst teams that, that get into it, and they play, like, two best-of-five series. Maybe best-of-three. Best-of-five is probably a little too much. Best-of-three. And the winner gets the number one pick.
1: I, I like the idea of the gold draft where you're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs and then you start accumulating points. Like every point you get after that starts to go into the draft. I don't think that's a terrible idea, but I also think for the
0: lottery, I just don't think it needs to be that complicated. No, like I'm I think... just trying to say like, it'd be fun to just have more hockey. I just yeah. want more hockey.
1: Yeah. Um... Cause I think it would also like, you have teams like, the ducks that are eliminated basically with two months left and if they're playing like columbus at the end of the season it's like game 80 and like there, there's gonna be excitement for that game because you actually want them to win that game right it's also it's the draft like do we do we really need to complicate this more than it's worth
0: i don't think we need to complicate it, but i just think it'd be fucking cool it'd be if awesome we, if it we did be. like if we did that as the play-in tournament and yeah, it's just it,
1: like it'd be awesome, but we're talking about a league that still is doing gonna bend over backwards to keep headshots in the game. Yeah. So I don't think we're gonna get anything fun anytime soon when it comes to any of this. So, like the things we're talking about require creativity and <laughs> willingness to execute on new ideas and not just sit in meetings every day and tell yourself that you're just doing a great job. It would require some sort of foresights and freshness to the game that the 80 year olds who run this league don't have and so we're never going to see anything fun brought to this league they're not like i'm going to stop myself before i go on a total rant. i got plenty of time to do that but it doesn't matter what we think would be fun for the draft lottery they don't really care as long as, as like as long as they can say our teams don't tank which is a total fucking lie then they don't care
0: yeah it, it it's going to be interesting to, for sure but we've spent enough time on the draft um a lot more draft talk coming up a lot more lottery talk coming up we'll know where everyone's picking hey everybody
1: hope you've been enjoying this episode so far interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsors at Raycon if you're anything like me you've been asking yourself the question of what is wrong with headphones today why is everything so expensive why does everything sound so bad and why does it just never fit in my ears? But thankfully, our sponsor today at Raycon has got you covered. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Raycon believes that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other big name tech brands they have easy and free return guarantees and best of all they've got plenty of features three customizable sound profiles noise isolation crystal clear call quality and eight hours of playtime on their everyday earbuds and they're water and sweat resistant and what i love the most they fit They've got custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit. What a crazy concept. Headphones that actually fit in your ears. So what are you waiting for? Go to Raycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's by Raycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Now, back to the episode.
0: Let's do just the quick playoff recap from when we last talked. Uh, we've kind of talked about the Kraken stars already. Stars were able to crush the Kraken in game two, but it looks like the Kraken are going to win game three. Uh, they'll take a two, one series lead. I I'm right there with you. I think we just need to like, accept the fact that Seattle's good. Yeah. They might, they're a very good good hockey team.
1: They might, they might just be good. They might just have good structure. They might just have good players. And Philip Grubauer has just turned into a playoff performer.
0: Yeah. Like they, 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 yeah, it took him long enough. I still think the stars are going to win this series, uh, but I think it's going to go seven. I do. I think it's going to be a really close series. Um, I did not expect it. The stars just—they're kind of look like they're running out of gas a little
1: bit. I expected more from their depth in this series. Where I mean, Joe Pavelski has five goals in the series. We talked Kick about his four-goal game, and they got—he to- a free
0: agent after this year.
1: I think they just extended him. I think he has another year after this. I definitely would have heard about it because I keep very close tabs on Joe Pavelski because I very much want him on the abs. But the Stars got a bit of depth in game two, like Johnston, Dodonov, and Sagan, and Pavelski. But like they they need more from Jason Robertson. And Lope yeah. Hints needs to make an appearance in this series again. Otherwise, it might be the opposite of what happened for the Stars where their depth guys are scoring but their stars aren't doing anything. And the Kraken, they just, they score in bunches, man. They, they, all their goals basically come at once. I mean, in game one, they had four goals in less than four minutes, basically. And they just scored like four goals on six shots while we were talking.
0: Yeah. The the Kraken are good. They're going to be good for a while. And I'm interested to see how the rest of that series goes. Um. It's just the scheduling for the second round has been so weird,
1: so odd. I don't I really don't know why they're doing it like this, where they've had two straight days of one game and then they had three today, which I like. I like the three games on the Sunday. I think it's been great. I've enjoyed watching it today. But then you're going back to one game tomorrow and then they're finally going back to two after this for the rest of the round, I believe. But it's been a weird couple of days.
0: Yeah, been a weird couple of days, but um, the other Western Conference series, Vegas Oilers, uh, Vegas won game one in a high-scoring affair, but game two, the Oilers just kicked the fucking shit out of them.
1: Stay out of the box. Like, holy shit. Stay out of the box. The Oilers scored five goals. Four of them were on special teams. Three of them were on the power play. Leon Dreisaitl, they might not even need to win this series for him to break the goals record in the playoffs, which is 19. (laughs) And right now he is sitting at fucking 13. For context, that's what Nathan McKinnon had last year in the playoffs from start to finish, and he was a monster. Dreisaitl is eight games in and is at 13 now. It's ridiculous how good he's been. It's kind of a role reversal from last year where Dreisaitl was hurt the whole time and McDavid's healthy. Now Dreisaitl's healthy and McDavid's hurt. And McDavid's still producing at a ridiculous pace. He's only got a, a paltry and meager five goals in the playoffs so far. I think he has like 15 points still. Yeah, but, he's absurd. Yeah.
0: But I'm interested to see how game three goes. Stuart Skinner looked better in game two. He looked awful in game one. And the Oilers defense in general looked awful in game one.
1: It's just the the Oilers don't show up for game ones. Like they yeah. I don't even know the last time they won a game one. I don't at least in the since 2017. Have they won in game one?
0: No, because they lost game one against Calgary. Yeah, they uh, lost
1: game one of the Kings this year. They lost game one to us in the conference final. They lost game one to Calgary. They lost game one of the Kings the year before. They got swept by the Jets the year yep. before that. And they lost game one to the Blackhawks in the bubble. They lost game one of the Sharks in 2017. They beat the Ducks in game one. I think they beat the Ducks I think, in game one. I think you're 17. right there. So that's the one they've got. The yeah. others just never start a series on time. But I'm I'm worried for Vegas if Drysaddle is going like this. They're also getting like Bouchard's going at a ridiculous pace right now. He was a no-show in the regular season. Now he's producing like Kel McCarr right now. And they just look good. Stay out of the box. It's also really funny. That there was a stat that the Oilers have the best playoff power play of all time. And number two is the Avs in 2021. And then number three is the Bruins of this year. So, I mean, it's not always a good thing. The other two are like the Islanders and the Sabres from the eighties, but the Oilers, they just look so good. And if Storch Skinner can stop pucks, They've got a they've got a wide open path that they can take.
0: I give Jay Woodcroft some credit because I think everyone and their mom thought Jack Campbell was gonna start game two. Like he didn't overreact. He puts in Stuart Skinner again and he's rock solid. Yeah. And, so
1: this is this is the bar for coaches now. Is like yeah. he didn't completely overreact and screw himself out of the series.
0: Yeah. Like he, he was he was patient, he let Stuart Skinner come back and the Oilers were better in front of him. Jay Woodcroft
1: and, has the easiest job in the world. Oh yeah. It's just just now that he has a goalie that can stop pucks, he just looks at McDavid and drives. He's like, "Just go do whatever you want."
0: I was watching a uh, TikTok today. I forgot to send it to you. It was a uh, it was just Mike Smith highlights. He says like Mike Smith highlights, and it's just all the times he fucked up. And I I got a good chuckle. Like, the that's fact very that they funny.
1: went the fact that they went to the Western Conference Final last year with Mike Smith as their starter is hilarious.
0: Very funny, but. The West is shaping up to have some good series. I'm interested to see what Vegas does for game three. If they make some adjustments going into a hostile environment, it's going to be tough. Um, We'll move to the East. We'll save the funny one for last because that's what everyone wants to talk about. Um, Are we just experiencing deja vu and the devils are about to do the same thing they just did.
1: Apparently they just like playing possum. I think that's the only explanation that again, for a second straight series they got massacred in games 1 and 2. They got utterly destroyed, like not even close games. The Hurricanes outscored them 11 to 2 in the first two games of the series. Schmied gets absolutely crushed and then they switch goalies again and go back to Vanacek for game 3 and they destroy the Hurricanes. They win 8 to 4. They they give up three shorthanded goals, but Jack Hughes has four points in the game. You finally hear from Timo Meyer. Vanacek, like, he was really good outside of giving up the shorthanded goals, but now again, we've got a series when it looked like you're ready to pat the Devils on the back and say it was a good run. I, I don't know what to say about this team. They just, if they could start a series on time, they'd probably be cup favorites.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like it's gonna be interesting. I I think that the uh I think that the, the devils are gonna win game four. I just it scares me with going down 2-0 every series. It scares me.
1: It's gonna screw you eventually. And it yeah. might be, it might be this series where it screws them because unlike the Rangers, the Hurricanes try. And the Hurricanes are getting scoring, which I think is very bad news for the Devils for the rest of the series, because they still scored four goals in this game. It's not like the Devils were perfect. You don't give up shorthanded goals, three shorthanded goals and think your power play was any good in this game whatsoever. So right. I wouldn't count out the Hurricanes in game four. I think the Devils, they just had like everything go their way, and Anderson had a very bad night. Again, he just has those in the playoffs from time to time. But Carolina, like, they looked really good in the first two games of this series and gave the Devils absolutely nothing to work with. And the Devils just completely overran them
0: in this game. Overran them, and I hope that uh, that comes a series because I, I do like the Devils a lot. I think they're a fun team. Um, but we'll have to see for game four. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait for it. But let's let, let's talk about the fun series. That's let's fun. talk about it. Um, that game ended pretty shortly after, uh, uh, or pr- right before we were about to start recording. The t- t- I almost said the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Toronto Maple Leafs are down 3-0 to the Florida Panthers in the second round as they lose in overtime on a wraparound goal by Sam Reinhardt that I do not know what TJ Brody was doing on that play.
1: I don't know what anyone on the Leafs was doing on this play. Sam Reinhart just had free reign to do whatever he wanted. Just... Free skating through the zone, gets the pass back. Poor Joseph Wall, who got shoved into this game after Samsonov got taken out by his own guy. I wonder we've seen that before. <laughs> and just it absolutely loses the puck on a wraparound, and the Panthers are up 3 0 on Toronto. Objectively, the funniest outcome. Like, th- this is one of the funniest things I have ever seen that the Leafs finally do the thing that we've been talking about for eight years. Of them finally getting their 19 years, even if you want to go back that far, getting out of the first round. And the the weight has been lifted off of their shoulders. The curse is gone. Let's see what they can do now. And they're just getting massacred in this
0: series. It's Dude, so fucking funny. Austin Matthews and Mitch uh, Marner have been no-shows this entire series. They look awful. Like, they look absolutely awful in this series. They look like they've forgotten
1: how to play hockey, and that applies to the Leafs as a whole. They don't look like a team that's in the second round right now. They look so lost. And the Panthers are just a team that does not go away. I love the way they've played in these playoffs. They just do not go away. And the Leafs, they're just so brittle, and they just collapse under that pressure the forecheck that the panthers bring them and it's it's one of the things that i was was talking about coming into this series is that the leafs got outplayed by tampa in most of that series and they got away with it and now the panthers are doing crazy things like defense and forechecking and they are just collapsing under the pressure it's one of the worst playoff performances i i can really remember there's been some bad ones it's not like they're getting blown out in these games, but you're watching them like, where's the urgency? Where is like the path is wide open? We're not even playing Boston. This is the second wild card team. We've got a path to the Stanley Cup right now. The defending champs are out. Where is any of that? I just don't I, understand. This
0: is the Leafs' year and they're going to fuck it up.
1: Like, it, 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 the end result, if they lose in two days from now is going to be they won one more game than they normally do and are going to get a participation ribbon for the second yep. round,
0: yep. and i I've loved it. I've bet on the Panthers money line all three games and I've made a significant amount of money it's on it.
1: crazy how crazy those money lines have been, yeah, for the Panthers how much they've had the Leafs' favorites in every single game because I've done the same thing. obviously I I'm betting dimes. So it's not like I'm, I'm paying off my rent anytime soon, <laughs> but it's crazy. The odds they've given us on, on the Panthers in this series, in every game when they just beat Boston, maybe we should probably give them a little more respect going against the, the Leafs in this series.
0: Yeah. It's funny that the, that the Kraken almost ha- like the Panthers had better odds at home against the Leafs and, the Kraken were only plus 125 and the Panthers were plus 120. That's cool. So it's like, I love home team dogs. I think, like, if Tampa Bay can come back and win this series and Florida or back, Toronto, you, you or, actually, yeah, you actually Christ, said, yeah, I, I said know, Long I said it Beach again. Too.
1: I said Florida.
0: Yeah. If <laughs> Toronto can come back and win this series, there is zero chance in hell they are winning the, the Eastern Conference final. Zero chance in hell. They yeah. will get swept in the next round.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they might get swept right now Yeah, because the thing is like to, to have any confidence of a comeback, you have to show something. And now they've potentially lost Samsonov for the rest of the series. And whether it's wool or Matt Murray coming in, do you feel anything for those guys? I mean, it works for other teams to change your goalies sometimes, but for the Leafs, uh, paging Matthews, paging Marner, paging Nylander, paging Riley, they need more. From their guys at the top. Like I get tired around the about the conversation around the Leafs. Now they just never show up because I legitimately think they have gotten a rotten deal in the first round a couple of times. Horrendous bad luck. This is pathetic. Like they they just genuinely look pathetic out there. It's sad. Like, do you not care? Are you not trying to win? Like, you're only 25% of the way there. You've won four games. You need 16 to win the cup, man.
0: You need 16, and I think the biggest crime of all of this is that we can't watch Steve Dangle, uh, his live streams. You get the good uh, parts, though. Yeah, I know, but like that's just a crime that we can't watch that. Um, and it's a crime if you do watch it illegally because then you're breaking U.S. laws. But, uh, yeah, I would I would pay good money to watch Steve Dangle's streams right now. I would pay good money. I mean, so,
1: we're, talk, we're talking about the illegal streams. I mean, Game 4, if they lose... Oh. And that 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 might be worth a little knock on the door. Yes. I'll, I'll,
0: that I'll, may I'll, be. But it, it's tough. I mean, credit to Florida. Like I honestly think Florida could go to the Cup final. Like they are playing such good hockey right now. They're
1: playing such great forechecking hockey. Bobrovsky's just been good enough. Yeah. Like, he's been playing great. He's been making big saves. Carter Verhage is just such a playoff dog. Yep. Like it's not like Kachuk has even been like a a stud in this No, season. He's been he's been good, don't get me wrong but they're just getting depth scoring. It's crazy what depth scoring will do for you yeah. in the playoffs. But the problem we had with the Panthers all season is they just don't have the same depth as they did, but now they're getting goals from Duclair and Verhage is just, again, such a clutch score. Sam Reinhart scored the overtime winner. They're just getting so much from everybody. And they're like Barkov has two goals in the You yeah. Barely even noticed him in these games. And it doesn't even matter.
0: It yeah, doesn't know, matter.
1: It's I love, I love what they're doing right now in Florida, which would be a crazy thing to say a month ago. <laughs> Just because they probably weren't going to make the playoffs a month ago. And now as the worst team in the playoffs, they're one win away from the Eastern Conference Final for the first time since 1996.
0: Yeah, they're one win away, and I think they're going to get there. And that's going to be a fun-ass matchup for sure whoever yep. they face. I mean, it,
1: it, it'd be tough for ratings if it's Carolina and Florida. I mean, tens of people might watch that series as a whole. There will be, yeah. there will be no casual interest in that series. No. None whatsoever.
0: I'll watch every second. Cause I just watch hockey, but yeah, I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, second round has been okay so far. I um, mean, I,
1: I've always thought the second round is the worst round just because it's the round you realize you just watch nothing but hockey for two straight weeks. Yeah. And you might need a little bit of a detox because you're not even halfway done yet. So it's, it's always the round that I find I have it on, but I'm not like sitting up straight, leaning forward watching it like I would for the first round or for any of my teams. Once you get to the conference finals, that's when it starts to kick. And again, obviously the cup finals, that's the whole, that's what everything must watch TV. So
0: must watch TV, but that's it for the playoff recap. I did want to, I don't know if you saw this, Uh, but I wanted to talk about it. It just came back to my mind. Did you see what Jonathan Huberto said about Daryl Sutter today or yesterday? I
1: saw that a bunch of players rescinded their trade requests, but I did not see what Huberto said.
0: Huberto was on a French radio show and basically was just, yeah, like he was basically just like, I don't, I did not like playing for Daryl Sutter. He did not, uh, his style did not convey to the way I played. I'm happy that I'm going to get a fresh start with a new coach and see what uh, I can do next year.
1: I'm trying to... to
0: Nate find Thomas me. tweeted it. Our homie Nate over at the, the Quack Report.
1: What? No, I I don't doubt you, but was this real?
0: Uh, It looked like it was retweeted by a legitimate broadcaster. Our
1: buddy Nate. When was this? Um, Because I don't see it. I know I saw him retweet it, because I don't see it. Now I'm gonna have to look this up. I'm I'm looking at his account right now, and he retweeted a poll from his show and something else. This might not have been real, Christian.
0: Oh no, I gotta look this up. It's cover for me while I look this up, because I, I, I saw. Will do, it.
1: I will do my best, but I, I looked up Huberdo on Twitter, and I just, I don't see anything.
0: Yeah, hang on, I'm looking this up.
1: Because like people do that, they do like they do like the fake radio quotes.
0: Did I get bamboozled? It's possible. It's it's looking like a
1: possibility right now. Because the only thing I'm seeing quotes from Huberto is about Jacob Pelletier, like the the college kid they signed a while ago. I I did see an article that said that several players rescinded their trade requests after Sutter got fired, which so it's believable for sure. But yeah, like.
0: no, I'm looking at it right now. It, it was Sportsnet has it. Okay, okay. Um, He said it, it really didn't click between me and Daryl last year. There was a lot of factors. There was a big difference in points between my last two years, and the style of play he wanted to play it didn't fit my style of game. Having a new coach is going to help my game and confidence too.
1: But how long ago was this? Six days ago. Okay, well, that I'm not going to scroll through the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. But okay. okay. Yeah, he he was on a Montreal-based radio station at BPM Sports. Montreal? Is he getting traded to the Habs?
1: Yeah, it's where he wanted to go. That's how that's how people interpret rumors in the offseason. Like he did a Montreal thing, trade imminent now. Yeah, he
0: th- this is like the most like like vocal you'll see a hockey player. I feel like talk about it. I, and I
1: hear I think people really hated him this year. Yeah, in Calgary because I don't think they wanted to fire him. No, they they didn't want to. And then I, the thing I saw about people rescinding their trade requests, and I totally believe you on the article and everything, it just seemed like they fucking hated being there every single game. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Huberto's numbers just fall off a cliff. Like maybe he wasn't going to be as good as he was the year before, but he was bad this year, just outright bad the whole time. No one was, was good in Calgary this year.
0: No. Like, uh, my favorite quote, like, listen to what he says here. You're not supposed to put players in a – you're supposed to put players in a position to succeed, and I think this season he didn't do that. Uh, he, he They gave me a contract, gave Kadri one too, but I was disappointed that I wasn't put in situations where I could have as much success as possible.
1: Yeah, that's not a guy you can bring back.
0: No. Like, that – you can't have your your crown piece of the offseason say that.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. And also you look at the, the Jack Adams finalists from last year. Can you name them? Just Rob,
0: off the Oh, I almost said Rob Brendamore. Uh it's Andrew Burnett. Uh Daryl Sutter won it. And then
1: Gerard Gallant.
0: Gerard Galat. Yeah,
1: yeah, all three gone. gone. Where all are three all gone. three of them? One of them didn't make it to the next season. He did, yep. did good, everyone's favorite pick for a guy who took over a 10 and O team got nominated for the Jack Adams and was not brought back for the next season after they got destroyed by Tampa Gerard Gallant, who Rangers fans are like, this is probably the most ridiculous nomination of all time, right? When he got nominated last year fired immediately because probably most players on the team hated him and his own GM hated him too. Not a great recipe. Are we just going to have the conversation that maybe Gerard Gallant's just kind of a dick? Like, if, he, if he's getting mysteriously fired from three different teams, maybe he's just kind of a dick.
0: It's possible.
1: Very possible. I th- I think the evidence kind of stacks up against him that in Florida, he got sent home in a taxi. Vegas yes. just randomly fired him after, like, a three-game losing streak. And now he took the Rangers, or I guess Shosturkin took the Rangers, to yeah. the Eastern Conference final last year and their power play. Blew a, blew a 2-0 series lead. And then this year, they have a stacked roster, have a 2-0 series lead, and blow it. And immediately fired right away. Maybe he's just kind of a dick. Like, maybe guys just don't like him. You know he's going to end up with Capitals, right? I do. And I'm going to hate every second of it. Yes. And then Daryl Sutter, everyone's favorite quote from last season. uh, The Avs' number one supporter, Daryl Sutter. Maybe he just ends up as an assistant here because of how often he talked about us. (laughs) Doesn't even make it through the next season after I was like, oh, what a great hire. Oh, Oh, he's just turned this Flames team around so quickly. He has such a short shelf life. It is crazy. Yeah, it's two years. That's it. It's the fact very- he lost in L.A. for six is ridiculous. It was one and a half this time. I think he played like, two, or he coached 20 games in the shortened season, like midway yeah. through for the Flames, got them through one full season, got destroyed by Edmonton after barely surviving the Stars in the first round and missed the playoffs, and he's done. Yeah. And That's how it goes. Once again, reinforcing my narrative that the Jack Adams is pointless. And,
0: it's pointless, and I don't. Maybe we don't want Bednar to uh, to be a finalist. Seems to be a curse.
1: Yeah, well, they don't nominate the good coaches anyway, so it doesn't yeah. matter. But it's not, it's not a curse. It's just the stupid way of voting on the award. You don't vote for the best coaches to win, and then we get surprised when the coaches that win get fired because it, the award's not best coach. It's your team was better than expected.
0: Correct. Correct. So next year when we're looking at Lindy Ruff, um, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Uh, the only one who I don't I don't know if they fired Jim Montgomery. I don't know if he gets fired. If they miss the playoffs, man. Yeah. I,
1: the Bruins are in trouble. They might not make the playoffs next year if, they, if the offseason doesn't go well for them. And after the, Montgomery got kind of exposed in the playoffs, yeah. he did not do a good job. And if they either bow out early or miss the playoffs next year, he's going to be gone. There's yeah no tolerance for that the only guy i see sticking around is uh hackstall i wonder why yeah. you know it's currently 6 to 2 seattle right now Is they're going to be two wins away from the western conference final in year 2 i just like the way that team's built so hey maybe one whole coach survives the next yeah. season of the the jack adams curse but Ed, you look at the coaches who have won in recent memory like and the only one who's still around is brendan Moore I
0: mean, that's about it Yeah. Did you see Kevin Weeks tweet about Patrick Waugh, maybe the Rangers coach? I want that. I will want nothing
1: more than either Peter LaViolette or Patrick Waugh as the Rangers head coach because my God, would that not be the funniest thing imaginable?
0: Those press conferences would be must-watch TV. Yes. Can Can you imagine that guy coaching Capo Caco? Oh my God. He'd play like 10 minutes a game if he's lucky.
1: He'd play three. He'd throw yeah. him out. He'd throw him out there as a favor, as a joke.
0: Yeah, but we'll have to wait and see. There's a bunch of stuff coming out. We've already gone way too long on this episode. It's what like, it's what we do. It doesn't. Yeah, matter. I did not expect to be here at an hour twenty minutes, being like, "Oh shit, we need to wrap." But we need to wrap because <laughs> we got to save some shit for the, the less. Time.
1: The less we have to talk about, the more we just make things up. Yeah, Agreed hundred percent. It's what happens when I I don't take my meds and it's just pure ADHD. We're just, (laughs) I'm just talking at this point. I'm just talking for the sake of talking. I'm doing it right now. I am literally just talking for the sake of talking (laughs) about nothing. So we're going to wrap this up here. I'm going to take some form of responsibility and just stop talking. So we're going to wrap this episode up here. Thank you all so very much for tuning in to another edition of the Teledabs. It is podcast as always. Use promo code tell it, as it Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian Belay, and you can follow the show at tell it, as it Is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in, and we'll see you all next time. But until then, let's go abs.